0: Welcome to The Recruiter's Review. This is episode two titled, To Stay or to Go, The Big Decision. I'm your host, Pat Mingarelli. The next phase of your career journey begins with your decision to stay or to go. And that is a huge decision. If you are now entering or into the job market, stop where you are, listen to this episode, and please take heed of the advice and exercise about to be presented to you. Many who begin interviewing for a new job skip this critical process that I am about to present to you simply because most do not know about it. Mounting a job search is definitely one of those most important life decisions you can make. It goes along with marriage, buying a house, investing a significant amount of money into something. You just don't rush into those decisions. You go through a process of analyzing the pros and the cons, what you hope to get out of it, etc. Yet I see people doing the opposite when it comes to mounting a job search. They just rush right into it. I'm going to provide you with the most critical, important, career enhancing advice I give to the people I recruit in place. I'm about to give to you an exercise that will lead to your next action steps in your job search. I also believe the absence of this exercise and process is why I've seen so many people make the mistake of embarking on their job search or pursuing a particular opportunity to end up with regrets and even career crash and burns, and that includes unemployment. I hope some of you listening now are not already holding on to job offers if you've not done this or something similar to it. If you've not given your notice yet, then there is still time for you to be able to take these steps and implement this crucial advice before you say yes to your offer and turn in your notice. This would go into the category of thank you, may have a few days to think about it, I will be addressing job offers in future episodes to include the strategies on how to field multiple offers and to properly let a potential employer know you need a little time. Before I go on, I thought it would be good to note why I selected the music track you're now hearing again. First, I'm a huge jazz fan. This particular style of piano jazz always invokes memories of one of my favorite things, and that's dinner at a great steakhouse. Man, the smells that come from the grill, you can hear the corks being popped from the wine bottles. The sound of the wine pouring into your glass, and the sound that someone sitting next to you makes when they swirl their scotch on the rocks, and of course, this kind of music is always in the background, usually being played by a live jazz trio. And speaking of jazz trios, Bob Allen, God rest your soul. The Bob Allen Trio played at my favorite steakhouse, Hyde Park, Upper Arlington, Ohio, for many many years. Bob was not only one of the best jazz pianists I ever heard, or saw, Bob was also blind. Did not hold him back from being one of the best jazz entertainers until he passed away in 2015. The title of the track you are hearing is Brand New Start. I thought that very appropriate since most of you listening to this are looking for your brand new start. Decision to stay or go. There is far more to this decision than you realize. Jumping into a job search or deciding to stay in haste often leads to job slash career dissatisfaction, regrets, and sometimes unintended resume damage. And like I said earlier possibly unemployment. While there is no absolute crystal ball, and there are always exceptions to any rule, the advice I'm about to render unto you is backed by not only my own studies over the last 30 years, but the studies that have been and continue to be done by the leading employment information consulting firms throughout the world and industry today. The decision to stay or leave your current job, whether you have reached the point of thinking, I've got to get out of here, or suddenly you find yourself on the receiving end of a tempting career move, It is time to stop right here. Before you go any further, you have to ask yourself two questions. Question one, is there anything my company can change that would get me to stay or ignite again my passion for what I'm doing now? If the answer is yes, it is time for you to approach your boss, set a meeting, and under positive circumstances, present to him or her, hey, this has been a great job. And I'm now looking at my growth here and at the company and my ambitions, and I'm hoping we could settle on a few things that will make me beyond happy and make me an even better manager, salesperson, you fill in the blanks. You have now under positive circumstances told your boss what you're needing for your own satisfaction and career plans. And one of two things will happen after this meeting. The first is great. Your boss surprises you. They sit down with you. They address your concerns, your wishes, your desires, and they actually bring forward a plan. Maybe it's the raise or the promotion or the additional duties or the job at the company you really wanted. There you have it. You have what you need to stay. You asked yourself, what could they do? They've delivered. So unless something really changes at the company, like they're going out of business, you have no reason to now go out and look for a job. Now let's assume you did not have that meeting and you want to do what you've heard is another way to get what you want from your company. You have in your mind what you don't like. It could be not enough pay, too much travel, too many hours. Maybe it's the promotion that you wanted but you're not seeming to get. So you do what you've been told to do. Go out, interview, get a great job offer and then come back to your boss, resign and try to get a counteroffer. I'm gonna tell you now, That is not the way to go. It is a very dangerous game. And not only will it lead to you still not liking your job, it could lead to unemployment. Now, as I said earlier, there is always an exception. There is no hard, fast rule. But I'm about to tell you some things that are backed by the statistics of my own business. I've done this for 33 years, and I have tracked counter offers, and I've gone back to see where those people were, and I've actually talked to them. But the world's largest most prominent employment information consulting firms continue to report to this day the failure of counteroffers and what it means. Before I give you statistics and give you some actual case studies that will show you how counteroffers do fail, I'm going to put this into another category. Going into your boss to resign and in accepting a counteroffer to stay is job adultery. So let's put this into a relationship where adultery has been admitted And the receiver of that news is promising to make some changes. I'll put this into a husband-wife category. Let's say husband comes home after having had an affair. He went out and he met somebody that seemed to be everything he was looking for. And he finally has the courage to tell his wife he's leaving her. But rather than accepting the leaving, the wife breaks down and says, Oh my God, honey, just tell me what's wrong and I'll change for you. We can work this out. Husband is naivety, says, okay, honey, you got to work on this. I need you to be more like this. We can no longer do that, whatever. And wife says, I promise, I'll do it. Now, husband is happy. Now, by the way, there's another woman out there who's furious. (laughs) And husband goes on blindly thinking, okay, I now have what I want out of this marriage. Now, can that relationship really be the same? Sure. Yes, there are marriages and relationships can survive affairs and adultery as i said nothing is absolute but we all know statistically the majority of marriages and relationships where one has admitted to the other cheating in an affair ultimately they split that happens in the job world too think about that relationship now they're together again can the trust ever be there husband is leaving for a business trip wife is wondering is he really going to see another woman or Husband has no idea that now he's happy, but wife is furious and she's secretly meeting with a divorce attorney and she's planning to take him for everything he's got. And out of the blue, he served with his divorce papers. That's what can happen with a counteroffer. The majority of counteroffers are financial and it usually just involves more money thrown at the person to get them to stay. That may sound good. And I've actually had people turn down job offers, even though I've consulted them otherwise because wow i got more money than i ever thought i was gonna get i gotta stay well some things to consider let's just start with the money do you know where that money is coming from it's probably all of your future raises at the end of the year if you're into a bonus program you may find that your bonus is cut or not even there they'll remind you that you took a lot of money a few months ago when they gave you the big quote raise Uh, or sometimes those monies actually are never delivered. They promise them. The boss says, I'll get this approved. Next paycheck comes. No raise. Sorry, I'm still working on it. Next paycheck comes. No raise. Sorry, still working on it. Finally, they tell you, boy, I thought I could get this approved for you. President said no. I have found that people that are looking because of money, there are still other reasons. Either the money isn't there because the company is struggling, or the money is okay and they thought more money would get them to stay to tolerate the bad hours. Maybe it's too much travel, something about the job. But at the end of the day, quality of life usually wins. like the relationship where the adultery was discovered or admitted. The trust is usually broken and never fully restored. So the next time you take a day off sick or a vacation, who higher up is questioning that and saying, oh, look, who's out interviewing again? Now, here's the most dangerous part of a counteroffer and why they can actually lead to your unemployment. I have had searches called into me where a hiring manager felt it was okay to make a counteroffer and initially got the okay. But a few weeks to a few months later, the president of the company decided it was time to be proactive and to not be faced with that person resigning again. And the order was given, conduct a confidential search. And when you find the replacement, offer them the job and we will terminate the employee that's in the spot today. I have had several searches of that nature called into me. When you do take a counter offer, you have just burned a bridge with another company and that manager, and you have no idea if that manager will be somewhere else that you want to work down road. I'll never forget this search. I had a search with a prominent telecommunications company, and they had a position that everybody wanted in the business. I mean, people would give their IT for this job. And we found a guy, and he, he was all over it. He said, that's what I've been looking for. Get me an interview. And he fit the bill. And we brought his information forward to our hiring manager. And he stopped and he said, Pat, I would like you to go back to your candidate and tell him my name and see what he said. And I said, what what am I walking into here? He said, just do it and call me back. I called our candidate and I gave him the manager name and he grew very quiet. And he finally said, oh, God, he made me an offer at XYZ. I was supposed to start in the day before I backed out because I took a counteroffer and he wasn't happy. Hey, I guess he's not going to interview me, is he? And sure enough, when I when I called the guy back, he said, there's no way. And he said, you, you don't accept the job to back out later. It's just not right. And that's not who I want on my team here. And the individual in this case, the statistic held. of counteroffers accepted, the individual finds himself on the job market within six months of taking the counteroffer, either voluntarily or involuntarily. I didn't ask him which was the case, but sure enough, six months to the date that he took that counteroffer, he was at another telecommunications provider. In 2021, we took up recruiting for an incredible defense technology provider. They were past startup, and this organization has some really neat technology that protects facilities and troops on the ground. And I think anybody, I'm being ex-military myself, it's just really cool stuff. And of course, we were recruiting people that actually had experience not only selling to the Department of Defense and the military, but prior service members themselves. And we found a guy. Sure enough, very good job offer was given, not only to be part of this exciting technology and company, they were giving stock. And sure enough... Got him an offer and what did he do? Did not take my advice. Backed out of his offer, took a offer. Well, I happened to see his resume in a totally different industry and I looked at that name and I'm like, that's really, because that, it's a very unusual name. I said, that's gotta be him. Looked him up on LinkedIn, sure was, same guy. Six months to the date, he was gone from the company that offered him to stay. So I called him and I said, I'm just curious What led you to leave after all? And he said, Pat, I wanted to call you, but my tail is still between my legs. You are absolutely right. That was the dumbest thing I ever did. I should have taken that offer. I saw the sale they just made. By the way, the company, the salesperson that was in the job just closed a $22 million contract. His commission is going to be almost seven figures. So that's the opportunity this guy missed. Not only did he end up forced out of the job that he had, he ended up having to take a job in a whole different industry. So he's destroyed his resume now and he's rebuilding in a new area. I hope that illustrates to you why the exercise is so important. If you've asked yourself what your company can do to get you to stay, if you try it under positive, non-threatening negotiations and didn't get it, it's time to go. You don't wanna play that counteroffer game. Don't roll the dice to think you're gonna be the one out of 10 that it works out for. So at this juncture, you make one of two decisions, suck it up, stay in the job you don't like, or take the steps to leave the job when the right job opportunity is in front of you. I will encourage you, don't just run out the door because things aren't good, because that can lead to disaster on your resume. You certainly don't wanna go into changing jobs every six to 12 months or every one to two years because you're not gonna do the next part of this exercise which is now ask yourself what must my next job have for me in order to leave this place and then you can evaluate that job as you interview and look at it and when you get to the offer stage the questions you can ask yourself are is this set of criteria met and if the answer is yes you now know you have a job you can accept if the answer is no It's better to stick with the job you have until you find what's going to satisfy you in your next move. And I do want to visit that comment I just made about not wanting moves on your resume of every 6 to 12 months or every 1 to 2 years. I stated in my introduction to this series, I've been doing this since 1989 and I have seen the many changes to the job market, the labor market, and the dynamics surrounding it. And there is a major dynamic change, and I want to call it a return. Over the last 10 to 15 years, employers became less observant of the jobs on a resume, and they just simply looked, was somebody doing the job today, and would they make a move? That was especially true in technology. That is changing. And even though we are still hearing about hiring expansions, we are now hitting an economy where there are major corporate layoffs, some of the startups and mid-sized companies are pulling back and why they will still have job openings. Where a company might have had 10 openings this year, next year, it might be two. A company that had 500 openings last year, it may be 50 this year. Employers are starting to look at resumes and how long people stayed. A couple statistics that you should know. Number one, Most hiring leaders, especially those in my generation, I'm going to give my age away. I'm 58 years old. I was born in 1964. Uh, I grew up in an era when if you had more than two jobs on your resume in five years, you would not be given an interview. You were looked at as a job jumper. Now, there is always an exception and the market will forgive occasional short moves. Sometimes it's out of your control. You went to a company, it looked good. They lost funding. If it's a drug company, they didn't get their FDA approval or they lost a patent. Who knows? There's always a reason that somebody might go to a job that doesn't work out. But the rule of thumb, your job tenure should be nearly doubling every time you move if you're entry level. Your first job six months, well then the next one should be a year and a half or two. Then it should be a four year move. That next one should be a six to eight year move. Ultimately, by job change six or seven, you should be in your career lasting position. I'll talk about later in career life changes later, but I hope you know where I'm going. We are not in the day anymore where you can just show up, one interview, get a job offer. It's changed, especially for professionals. Most jobs, especially professional jobs, It takes two years to even begin to master it. So if you start a job in January and you're gone the following February, you haven't really shown that you mastered it. And then if the next job is eight months and then the next job is 11 months and then the next job is two years, you're not showing anybody the ability to progress, but rather just jump jobs, probably doing the same thing over and over and actually never getting the accomplishments. And I will tell you this, when I have somebody who sends me their resume and they've had five jobs in five years and tell me they were the number one person at their last company, I'm really skeptical. So this should illustrate the importance of this exercise. The advice in this episode is given purely for the initial decision to stay or go. Consider this your pre-voyage checklist. Some of the topics discussed will be given more attention in upcoming episodes the rest of season one, we will explore and advise on the entire job search process from the first interview through offer and everything that happens in between. And yes, I will have an episode where I'll be hosting a few people that I've worked with over the years who have taken counter offers. Until then, thank you for listening. This is Pat Mingarelli signing off for now from the Recruiter's Review.